G'day everyone, welcome to another episode of Chewing the Bat, where we delve into numerous sporting topics around Australia and also across the globe. In this episode, we're going to give you highlights of the week and also our conversational topic, of which we're going to call The Chew. My name's Jack, and I'm once again joined, very gladly, by good mate, fellow sporting comrade, Gus, how you going? Good Jack, how are you? <laughs> comrade. <laughs> mate, you My didn't mate. like that? I liked it. Um, and once again, producer Frey, thanks for joining us and... Good morning, comrade. Good morning, comrade. As well, fellow sporting comrade, probably plays more sport than us, to be honest. Definitely you. Jeez. I need to lash out early. <laughs> I, I thought we were, I thought we were playing as Actually, a, as a that partnership to start with, looking at him. Yeah. And then he just flipped the knife. It's free for all. Free for all. Because uh, he's playing netball. Yeah, exactly, mate. How's the netball season going? Just finished, actually. We played our last game on Tuesday last week. Because he's no longer week. playing netball. Um, lost by a point. Unfortunately, Ooh, I was the San Antonio Spurs, and they were the Miami Heat because I didn't secure the defensive rebound. <laughs> <clears throat> it was in my hands, and a girl stole it off me. No! no. And then they scored, and we lost. There was like oh. 10 seconds left. How's your grip strength? Well, the what thing happened? is, usually in netball, you can't... Are you allowed to do that? No. Once someone has hands on the ball, they would call um, contact. Like, you can't grab it off someone. So, no one-on-one strip. So, I was just I was softly gripping it. This is my excuse because I didn't expect it. Did you guys <laughs> catch it at the same time? No, I was definitely there first. I feel I was there first and she, like, came through underneath me. So, you, if you had the opportunity, you would have gone up to the VAR? I yeah. did briefly turn around to the ref and started to put With the hands, hands up. <laughs> but then I was like, got to get my hand back kept, up. Play kept going. Yeah. Because <laughs> in netball, there's... the only one left on the field with your hands up. I was Well, in netball, there's only two people allowed in the defensive circle, right? And I was one of them. Right. So you've got to be on the job. <laughs> can't, be, can't be throwing the hands in the air complaining <laughs> no. to the ref every call. No. <laughs> yeah. so, there you go. My fault, Sapphires. I'll get you next season. And producer Frey, how's the 2032 Olympic prep coming along? Good mate, I've done two hangboard sessions this week, gone for a climb. Nice. It's been a bit tough, got a broken toe right now, so getting in the boots a bit rough. How often do you think, if you were to compete in the 2032 Brisbane Olympics in rock climbing, mm. how many times per week would you need to climb slash train? I'd say it's the same as any sport, probably five or six <laughs> days a week, no more than 24 hours period of rest. Right. Some Some form of training almost every single day i have two questions what's the first one Fire. one's for you wait, one's wait, wait, for wait. you what's the second one uh the second one is what is a hangboard it is a what is a hangboard session it is a didn't we describe it last week that was a no, tilt that was a, that was a oh, kilter, kilter board. Yeah. no hangboard Obvious. is training for your fingers so it's like a, it's a block that's got lots of holes in it. It's usually even left and right. So it's a symmetrical piece. Yeah. Um, and then it has varying degrees of difficulty as in four fingers that are quite deep pockets that you can put your fingers in and hang on. Typically you're aimed to go for about six seconds. More than that, you can damage the muscles, tendons in your fingers. Oh, Jesus. Then you can go down to three fingers, two fingers, one finger. So what are you rolling with at the moment? Right now, out of training, I'm doing about... Six seconds on three fingers, one pad. Jesus. So that's just from just your... trying to hold your body weight up with three fingers. Oh, so just hit afraid. myself in the head. I was Top so shocked. Knuckle. He's ready. He's ready yeah, to that's, rumble. Yeah, that's... that's tw- <laughs> Imagine how few fingers he'll have by 32. Zero, perhaps. <laughs> just toes. <laughs> That'll be interesting. My word. Um, and my first question was, do you play rock climbing or do you do rock climbing? Because is he playing more sport than us or is he doing more sport than us hmm. not he's to attack you he's definitely doing it yeah i don't know I, if he's playing i don't think you can play rock climbing playing. you can compete you're enjoying mm-hmm. but are you playing <laughs> i'm not playing why do you play some sports and do others <laughs> <laughs> is that what you actually think? is there any other sport that you don't play because you play chess you play golf you play tennis you play soccer you play Push rugby dots you do... You don't play darts. You play... You don't? You dart. <laughs> How do you say I'm... What am I... Oh, yeah. I'm a darter. That's a great question. How do you say I'm going to... You can't play rock climbing. Can you? What's the terminology? What's the lingo in the I'm rock climbing. I'm going to go for a climb. There it is. A climb. But once again... Same with darts. Uh, rock I'm going to go throw some darts. 
A rock what do they say? Disassociating themselves from other sports. Are they trying to be special and fancy? <laughs> well, I think that it's perhaps it was, must be nice. It's must a nice. it's a different um, setup because rock climbing was originally not designed to be a sport. Like when they made tennis, they weren't like we're like oh let's make a sport like let's let's do this 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 how the scoring activity. works. It was uh, something that you went and did. That's well, true. The rebellious people did really went out and did and then all of a sudden it became a little bit more mainstream and then they built a competition around competition that. aspect followed that actually makes perfect sense i think that's yeah, it because it, you just you yeah. did it which is probably the same as darts that was probably just a fun thing Darts, you just sort of practice your so you're saying if, where darts came if from? rock climbing started off in a com- more competitive element then we could probably feel more comfortable calling it we are playing rock climbing mm. i think so because we're used to it it we have i think he's right we know too much we have too much uh, connotation of someone just going to do it outside of a competitive aspect. Whereas you can't really... Like, you can go have a hit of tennis casually, but the whole game is built as a competition from the get-go. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. But if I'm going to go for a, for a climb and there's something that I know is very hard and I know I'm not going to finish it, but I want to <laughs> have a play, that's <laughs> when you have a play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's he knows on. what he's doing. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Even meant, that wasn't no, even did. on the podcast. Not on the agenda. Sheet. Anyway, um, before we kick things off, once again, we want to thank our podcast sponsor, Kiala Organic Beef. They are 100% certified grass-fed beef and pork straight from their local farm and straight to your door or workplace. Um, boys, before we rip into... Oh, sorry, our unofficial sponsor and appreciated product, Hellfish Surfboards. Shout out. Hopefully a board in the making. <laughs> manifesting. <laughs> a mini mail coming? You are manifesting that purely. There's been no conversation. No. <laughs> purely on the hope that John listens to the podcast regularly. And just hears you say it enough. <laughs> and goes, all right, I, I guess. What would that be? I'll, our, I'll put in all those hours of labor. our 10-person listening base at the moment. <laughs> We've got 100. Anyway. Oh, oh my man. Around the globe. Oh, Lots of listeners in the States. Moscow. And the States. And Moscow. Wow. And one in Korea. Wow. Some traditional... I don't want to say say rivals, but perhaps not... (laughs) Bit of tension. It's interesting that we can bridge that gap. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's good for us. Um, Boys, before we rip in... You know what? Let's go sport of the week. What else were we going to do? <laughs> no, I've got something in store uh, okay, for, the, cool. for you and the listeners. <clears throat> Very cool. And producer Frey. Or a bone to pick, if you may. i got a bone to pick. All right, I'll start. Go for it. Ski drawing. What's that? What? Ski drawing. Ski drawing. Drawing. Yep. Can you spell drawing? J-O-R-I-N-G. Not a word I'm familiar with. No. Go for it. It's a winter sport in which a person and is on skiing. skis yep. mm-hmm. and is pulled by a horse. Yes. Yeah. I cannot believe this. My sister sent me this like two weeks ago, and I forgot to use it as sport of the no. week. <laughs> you just got. I just gypped. held it in the chamber. <laughs> <laughs> you just got gypped. So, <laughs> wow. Too good. It's um. It's, Too good. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> it's derived from um ski driving. Oh, Rachel's not going to be happy about that one. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. No, that's all right. So you're pulled by a horse or a dog or potentially a motor vehicle. Yep. Um, and it's basically a race. They'll pull you through a bit of an obstacle course. There's jumps. There's whatnot. It's not on and snow though, is it? It's on snow. It's on snow. It's on right. snow. But flat snow. It would have to be. Somewhat flat snow. Somewhat flat. Not fresh pow pow. Not fresh pow pow. <laughs> it's packed pow pow. All right. I guess that would be difficult a horse for would the horse. Sp- yep. Yeah. Or mm, a vehicle. Good point. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, it started with reindeers and they've now made it more of a competitive sport, I- especially in... Norway. Have we seen Hamish and Andy do it? I think we have with I a reindeer. Think we saw, but they didn't do a jump. I think they just punched a straight line. I thought they did. Um, the, the Andy got strapped with meat in a meat suit, and he got chased by. I think they've done both. Okay. Anyway, keep going. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Ski I haven't drawing. heard of it. No Ski one drawing. I would like. To, no one I would ever like to try. Because what? What's the? Is it some with horses, right? Horses or dogs or motor vehicles. Does someone ride the right. horse? Yes. Okay, so there's another layer. There's of... a layer of control. Okay, because I was picturing. However, it's... if you fall, you are getting dragged along. <laughs> no, I was picturing like a um, getting like 
like Santa and his reindeers vibe. Mm. No, I think it's more like a water skiing it's vibe. It's like water skiing. It's you like you're behind the boat. Rope, you're holding on to your little tassel and they're pulling you. It's so hectic. That just feels so out of control. I mean, I guess I'm not exactly the right person to talk about it because I've got like one week of 10-year-old skiing under my belt. So it's I'm enough. You can ski. <laughs> I'll claim it. I feel like I can surf from my yeah, surf school <laughs> surf 15 years ago. Got up at 10 years old. On the whitewash. Haven't, haven't surfed in 20, Never, 10, 15 years. And yeah. I can surf. Never on a clean wave, only whitewash. <laughs> Gee, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That's, yeah. Um, very that's good a, one. That's a very good one. And a new word for us to learn, so that's cool too. Joring. It's joring. Means driving. At first, I thought you might have been saying joying, but with a Canadian accent. But then oh, I was as in a, joy? No, like, joyous. Uh, like biting. Like bi- yeah, or jaw, right. Jawing. Yeah. That actually kind of frightens me. I've quite. I've got like a fear of like knocking my teeth out a teeth bit. clacking. So the fact that you just launched yours together so strongly <laughs> kind of rattled me. <laughs> Straight into the headphones. All right, Gus, your sport of the week. All right, my sport of the week is... It's probably got some conjecture about the uh, name of it. Yes. I think it's a term that's been used by other sports or like slightly different sports, but it's called free skating. Not so in the ice skating sense. Like skateboard? Not quite in the skateboarding sense. It is based on having two little platforms. Oh my God, I've seen With it, yeah. grip tape, like a skateboard, and they have two wheels underneath, like a roller blade wheel, sort yes. of. You don't attach to them. You're not in them. You literally stand on them. You're just on these like half a foot sized little platforms and people just do hectic freestyle so tricks it's essentially rollerblades, but to another level. No, se- rollerblades no security with, with the boot. Without the security and the ability to lock in. So it's almost as though if, you, if humans had wheels attached to the bottom of their feet. But their feet detached. But you could, yeah, you could, you could fall off them at any point. Oh, true. <laughs> It's pretty crazy though. They can do like, cause they, a lot of them, like they're sending one out and it just slides along the ground. They're balancing on one foot and then they just come back to it and stand on it and keep going. I've seen people flipping them, doing jumps. Are they in a skate park or is it more I think you can be in a skate park or you rolling. can be, I think, yeah, there, there's a lot of flat rolling, just would, like would sort that of be then, styling on the ground level. Would that be then frowned upon within the skating community if a uh, free skater came along and... Or would that be a vibe lift? I'm on their um, website right now and they're being endorsed by a lot of skaters. There you go. All right. One thing I can say, the only thing I can relate to is I once took a ripstick to a skate park <laughs> and it was frowned upon. Because <laughs> ripsticks are meant for cruising. <laughs> it was frowned upon. I just cruised up and down the uh, little lumps. There was oh, like a, a section thrill. where it was just like... Yeah, that's totally the wave. Fun. Just the wave. So, yeah, I just went up and down. Didn't I don't think I dropped it in. Maybe tried once or twice. Right? Just like a little up yeah, and down. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> it was good stuff. Mildly frowned upon. <laughs> right, that's good. Anyway, good. we'll put it up. It, good, looks, it yeah. looks cool. Good sports of the week, boys. I don't have one, but I'll come in hot next week. I'll hold you to that. Oh, jeez, oh, pressure. Uh Boys, we've got some sporting content, some highlight. We've got we've had the Noosa try. We've got some cricket talk. We've got um, some NBA talk, and then also we're going to finish with the chew, our conversational topic. Last week we spoke about coaches being on court. Yes. The week before we drafted the Redcliffe Dolphins. Yep. This Drafting week, systems. Yes. This week we are going to talk about uh, the tennis hotshots program. Tennis Australia. Tennis Australia hotshots program. Before we do, we've got a bone to pick. Me too. No, I do. So, <laughs> so producer Frey, yes. I'll call him out on this one. He's been he's been purchasing some things online. He's been purchasing water online. Canned water. It must be very nice. The company is called Wallaby. Let Wallaby. me justify. Yes, and they have a really great cause actually. So go in, into it. Let me justify. Transfer rebuttal. So, I'm actually Just holding a quick a can one because right I'm, I'm, I'd like to continue. No, that's all right. <laughs> Feel free to. Give us a little video. So, Wallaby water. It's in a can. Yes, it's just water. <laughs> Have you However, this? <laughs> first of all, beautiful logo. Well done, guys. Yes. That's awesome. As you can see, the shadow is a turtle, but the person is just floating on a tube. That's it. 
So, here's my justification. The can is recyclable over and over and over again, 100%, can keep being remade into cans. Yep. So, we're not using plastics. Aluminium like plastics. is easy to recycle. That is true. Cracking a fresh tinny, beer or not, is just so satisfying. <laughs> oh, that, that, hold on, I'll, I'll beer that. Oh, hang on, hang on, don't crack it yet. Okay, but 10% of profits go to Australian wildlife. That's good. That That's was cool. the kicker for me. But I also, would contest that cracking a beer is probably... Have you tried the water? Have you tried a wallaby though? I have. Okay. Don't crack it yet. <laughs> I'm keen, mate. I'm thirsty. Um, so anyway, producer Frey started buying this water online, going to a great cause. I wrote him off for it initially. However, there's a sparkling water that he's also bought, which I love. Volcanic Very filtered. Good. But I'm a bit skeptical on the old still spring water, so we're going to do a little taste test. And I want you to tell us whether you are underwhelmed, overwhelmed, or well-whelmed. Whelmed. Here goes the crack. Oh, fresh tinny. Here goes the pour. Glug, 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 glug. They can't hear that on the mic. So for the listeners, Gus is about to delve into a volcanic filtered wallaby still spring water. Look at that natural sediment. <laughs> That's minerals. It could also be a dirty glass. <laughs> dirty dog. <laughs> Tell us what you think. <clears throat> He's going in for the sip now. Could be a half-hearted sip, but we'll take it. It's cold, which is nice. Nice cold water. Anything else? Let me get a second sip. Okay. <laughs> How'd the second one go? Was it better than the first? I have to say I'm underwhelmed. <laughs> oh, you got to sip it out of the can. <laughs> I will. Okay, let's see if this It's changes. good. It's, it's nice water. It's Maybe I'll upgrade that to whelmed. It does out have a slightly... Can. Yeah, it's it, good out of the it's can. It's good out of the can. Possibly better. Maybe it's tricking my mind because the glass feels a bit more just like cold Just normal water. Tap cold water. tap water. Whereas the can experience elevates it. So you're paying for the can experience. So are you still underwhelmed? I'm, I'm well-whelmed. <laughs> the can. I'm whelmed. You've heard it here, folks. <laughs> it's okay. nice. It's well, tasty. And glad. it's for a good cause. I'm glad. I'm happy with it. So I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I, my expectations were too high. I guess it's the same, similar when you have a beer, right? Comparing out of a bottle or out of a can, sometimes out of the can. Can be different. That's true. Some beers, can for some be. reason, are better in the can, in the tin. Some are worse. All right. Oh, well, thanks for that. I, I liked to... it. Right, Have good. some. Have a go. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it right. is nice. Kind of the sparkling. All right, let's move on. Moving on. Um, let's rip into some sporting highlights. First of all, a big one locally. For the Noosa trial last week. Stay local, as I always say. Yep. See how are. soft my voice box is now? Because I've had some wallaby water. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Sponsor? Yeah. We'll talk about it. Great. We'll, we'll be in contact. That. We'll get in contact with them. Um, so we've had some friends of the show in Tommy, Cade, and Josh compete. Big effort competing in the Noosa try. Um, Another sport you don't play. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sports, you don't play. That's two. Actually, Let's see if we can list off five. Break, by break the end it down, it. though. Running, you don't play. Swimming, you don't play. Yeah, that's three, and really. Cycling, you don't <laughs> you play. You don't play cycling. You race. F1, you don't play. <laughs> all motorsport, you don't play. It's all sports that were originally activities or recreations. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, transport. Moving on. Yeah, that's fair. That's just moving around. So, Tommy, Cade, and Josh competed in the team tri event. Under which, Team Hyped. You. Under Team Hyped, um, which I believe Hyped is Tommy's brand, which he runs. Yes. Um, they completed a 2K swim, of which I think Tommy did, a 40K bike ride, which Cade completed, mm-hmm. and a 10K run, which Josh completed. How'd they go, time-wise? Time-wise? Do you know? Total time, 2 hours, 49 minutes, 12 seconds. Pretty good. Sounds fast. Pretty good. Mm. Very swift. And can you also explain, I'll tell the listeners who won and what time they did it in. All right. So. Give me some facts. <laughs> Fastest female, Ashley Gentle. Not a gentle effort. Not a gentle <laughs> effort at all. 
she finished in two hours flat. And so she I just did hit it, my mic stand. I was so excited. She did it all on her own. So she did the, the swim, the cycle, and the run on her own. So that was two hours, 36 seconds. Um, phenomenal effort. Oh, imagine. I bet she wanted to break two. Definitely. 36 seconds shy. You can't be disappointed if you win, but there'd be a, a hint of like, geez, uh, Matt's just enjoying a sip of wallaby water. <laughs> Rapturous expression That's on it. his face. Ooh. Ooh. And our first place male, Luke Willian. Wait, one more sip, one more sip. And he finished in time. <laughs> what did he, what one did he hour, in? 47 and 13 seconds. So I think you were explaining to us before that he completed the full try in the time it took Cade to do the cycle. So quicker K- than the time it took Cade to do the cycle. Not quicker, not quite. Cade biked 40Ks in an hour, 32. Pretty good. Not bad, man. That's great for 40 Ks. I don't think I could do it. No. Luke not. <laughs> Luke William Sorry. did the swim, cycle, and run in an hour 47 total. Gee, that's good. Yeah, 40 K cycle's tough. Especially mm. if you're like trying to hit a time. How fast did he do the swim? 18 minutes, 26 seconds. In 2 Ks? 2 Ks? That would be... 2 or 2.5. That would be yeah. a fast walking pace. Yeah. That's pretty quick, man. In quick. the ocean. <laughs> If I, if, when I had my... How did he go over 50? How did he, would he go? No, you. Me? Can I don't know, but when I had my brief show. stretch of swimming, if I was at the 25 meter pool for like half an hour, bear in mind I had to have a lot of rests, I'd probably swim like 700 meters. So, if that's a frame of reference. <laughs> Lots slower. Some athletes. Um, Gee, we could cut some athletes in the room. <laughs> So yeah, good As work. you crack into a cookie. <laughs> it's a trail mix, mate. It's got nuts. It's got sunflower seeds. Um, good work from the boys. Entering, putting a team in and um, doing pretty well in terms of their time. Yeah, not bad at all. Very good. Um, moving on from that, staying somewhat local. Quite local, actually, as Ash Barty is she's back very now local. in Brisbane. Um, finishing this, She's finished the season and I think spending the next couple of months prepping for the Australia Swing. Yeah, which is fair enough. Or just playing golf and building her house. She, same same. Must be nice. Jeez, must be nice. Ash is the first Australian in history to spend a hundred weeks at world number one, and that's non-consecutive. So that's a hundred weeks total. Pretty remarkable. Crazy. Cha-ching. I was about Who, to break into the round of applause, but who's second behind that? Is it Huey, or are we talking on the lady side? Mm, Rocket Rod. Rocket. Yes. Anyway, so. Anyway, crazy achievement. Very good achievement. More than two years, cumulative, straight. Yep. Not straight, but Who if you were to Would you say up. Naomi would be the closest one behind her? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, personally, I think Naomi at her best has a very um, different game to Ash. Serena? But I haven't seen Serena play in a while. Serena is picking her spots a little bit more, I feel. Bit of a fedsy vibe. Bit of a fedsy vibe. Which is fair, because you've been on tour. Won 24 slams. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know what? I think I've earned this. I'll just sort of pick and choose a little bit. Particularly when you've been playing so long, you need to sort of keep the mind and body fresh. Plus as well... Uh, Lady uh, Hewitt had 75 weeks. Really? That was pretty good. And he was young when he did that too. Yeah, you sort of forget, because the back end of his career was like Scrappy. such a... Wait, 80. Yeah, <laughs> battling... <laughs> Well, he played such a physical game. Yeah. No, so, so sorry. He did 75 weeks straight, and then Agassi took it for two weeks, and Lane took it for five weeks back. So he's done 80. Andre. Andre also stole his coach, I believe. <laughs> Rip it, Andre. I can't remember his name. And then Djokovic is just sitting at a comfy 345. No? Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Remarkable achievement. Congratulations, Ash. Ash. We're looking forward to the summer swing. Very, very much so. And hopefully we can get down there for a bit of... Wish there was a Brazilian international. She'd definitely play. I think there still might be the... <clears throat> you need water, mate, after that <laughs> trial mix. Hold up a second. <laughs> Crack a there sparkling. still might be the WTA event in Brizzy, plus the ATP Cup pending. Not sure if they've locked it in. They've definitely locked in qualies and AO at Melbourne, so no qualies overseas. Um, you've got to be double-jab-jabbed. Big problems for Novak, too. Some issues. Um, and I think there'll also be some pre and post AO events around Sydney and Adelaide. 
Yeah, that's pretty So classic. it's going to be still going to be a pretty big Aussie swing. So yeah. It's going to be about two months of action, which is going to be epic. Very keen for it. Moving on from tennis. Cricket season. And we we're love back. Cricket. We're back. Hold on a second. Before we move on, I'm just Retreat. looking at the the WTA Ooh. world number one rankings. Um, so it says Ash did seven weeks, June 2019, seven weeks. Yep. Naomi took it for four. Body had a 28-week streak then. So that brings her, what, to 35? Yep. The rankings were frozen for 20 weeks. I don't think that's counted. But then as of August, from August... 10th, 2020 till now is 65 weeks. So that's 65 and 35 is 100. I don't think that frozen ranking time, yeah, there 20 you go. weeks is counted. There you go. Oh, there you go. They, they've been active since yeah, August 2020. Hmm. Well, I guess there was a period of oh, time yeah. where the WTA was, they literally had no tournaments. Yeah. Right. And we're not counting. It's not even counted. There you go. Yeah. Cop that. Hmm. Cop that me. Who, <laughs> who claimed it was an asterisk title. <laughs> um, so there we go. Go Ash. It switches is finest. Yeah. That's anyway. unreal. And many more to come, I reckon. I'm still basking Touch in Wimbledon glory. Jesus, that was a good win. Bloody earth. Uh, cricket, T20 World Cup. Uh, we've seen Australia take a win or two. One win, one loss, I believe. 50-50, not too bad. <laughs> not could be too better, bad. could be worse. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. Well done. Out, <laughs> out of the options for simple, results out of two games. Just a simple, simple match analysis. <laughs> Tournament analysis over two games. Yep, they're one and one. Could be better. The old 50-50. Could be worse. 0-2. Oh <laughs> it's going to be tough when they play another one. Oh, yeah. They didn't get some difficult scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Had a couple Two more. wins, one loss. One loss, two wins. <laughs> For factor in a draw, perhaps. I don't think you can draw T20s, though. I might be, I might be out of pocket no, there. No, because there's a super over, right? Yeah. If you draw the first super over, do you go super over again? Yes. Hectic. I don't think I've ever seen that. Maybe in the Big Bash? I don't think I have seen a double super over, but it does ring a bell that it has happened. Anyway, uh, uh, anyway England so smashed us. So Here we got rolled by England. We beat South Africa. Is that right? Yeah, first up. First up. Scratched it a bit, but it happened. England had a win over Sri Lanka. Yep. Joss Butler just hit his first T20 international century. I think out of like 76 caps or something. How did he look doing it? Apparently freakish. I didn't see. <laughs> Long time coming. Yeah. Well, he's. A, I mean, it's a rare thing, right? There's not that much time. You can't afford... There's 120 balls in the innings. So to get a century, you basically need to be getting a lot of the strike and at a, a fair strike rate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> India lost two in a row. Mm. Do you reckon that's because they didn't have Javo? <laughs> Just made me blow my mic out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll get on to that. Who did they lose to? India. Did they lose to New Zealand? I saw New Zealand won. I saw New Zealand won, but I'm not sure. It's a big deal though, because they're a big, big team. Do you reckon? So how did how does the t uh, the t twenty? It's a group stage, right? And then you get through to the semis, possibly. We're so talking obviously so losing... out of pocket here. What's that? We are so out of pocket. <laughs> so far across this. <laughs> oh my god! I've gosh. been watching every game. Yeah, me too. Um, well, two in a row is obviously not a great start. So they've got two more pool matches, group matches, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Before semi-final. So they're going to yep. have to win two their next two plus pending results. Yeah, it would have to be. Yep. Some strike rate um, things and... What do they do it on? They do it on run rate, rather. Yes. Um, South Africa winning despite drama. Yeah, just despite some slight drama. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we might leave for another day. Um, they won, won their first... Well, they lost to Australia and then they won the next match, I think. Can't remember who they beat. All right, lovely. Well, um, Sri Lanka, I guess it must be, right? That's the fourth person in our group. Yes. Yep. The fourth right. team. Well, hopefully Australia persons get a couple more wins. Persons. can get a couple more wins under the belt and finish in the top two of their group to move on. Um, moving on from cricket. Yeah, let's <laughs> shall we? Probably my highlight <laughs> of the week. <laughs> I 
Apologies to all the cricket fans, <laughs> yeah. fanatics out there. TC, if you're still tuning in, apologies. Write in, let us know where we went wrong. <laughs> As I'm sure we did. <laughs> um, probably one of my highlights of the week. It's not 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 a serious one at all. Javo. So Javo, the big fella. He gained a bit of media attention and hype through his. I wouldn't call it a streak. Definitely wasn't a streak. Chameleon. Effort? A, ch- a chameleon streak. Yeah, chameleon streak. So he came on in the uh, England-India test. Is that right? Yeah, it was a test. Yeah, they're, Lawrence, they're, right? yeah, yes. <laughs> they're in white. They're in <laughs> their whites. And he was rocking... I don't know his real name. Ja- <laughs> Daniel Jarvis. Daniel Jarvis. Jarvo, hence, the, hence his uh, jersey. Good frame, Jarvo. Great frame. Um, Came on in a full Indian kit. Yep. While they were fielding. In whites, while they were fielding. Javo, 69. Placed himself, I don't know, I think I think he placed himself originally at like Cow Corner or something. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then trundled his way up In to towards the wicket. <laughs> yeah. Sort of a mid-wicket zone. Um, Pointing to his uh, badge on his chest and saying, no, no. I'm, I'm a player. I'm a player, mate. <laughs> I'm a player. <laughs> Which went well. The boys seem to like it though. I mean... Think it was, of playing. It was fairly harmless. It, yeah, think of playing a test cricket. Like a little tickle of excitement couldn't hurt for, for both the players and the fans. Five day, you know, it's like day three or something. Third, two, three grueling days of standing in the field, and then it's like, oh look, a big funny bloke claims he's on Team India. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not Indian. Anyway, he made his another sport international sport debut on and the then, weekend. Uh, before we go on, I think he's got banned for life. That checks from out. Lords. Yep. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. So price to pay plus obviously a financial a hectic fine. fine, no doubt. It's like five grand. Um he's at it again. Worth it for the Instagram followers. He has been added again and he's probably upped upped his game on this one. So he came on mm. in the New Zealand's I forget who they Wales Wales Cardiff match. Uh during the back end of the New Zealand national anthem. Has the put the New Zealand kid on. Slowly Scissored his way over the the railing and jogged into the New Zealand line. Yeah, the All Blacks during the anthem. The anthem line. A bit Snuck disrespectful, his... perhaps. Would we call it so? Yeah. He left his mask on. Left his mask on. The, the, he looked like he did look like a bit of a player. He's a bit, bit good frame. Yeah. yeah. So he's 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 picked the right sport here. Well, am I crazy in saying? The security guard looked a little unsure if he was a streaker or not. Because it kind of looked like he a was player late. was late to the action. And he and he's going, no, 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 no. Like, I'm a player. I'm a player. <laughs> and, she's, and I think it was, she was in the camera and she's like, oh, they're in the anthem. I shouldn't be but, going crazy here. Yeah. But before, he, before that happened, he ran past security. No worries. No How worries at all. And then this poor lady who got into a situation of, I'm pretty sure this guy isn't isn't a player. But if I get this wrong, I'm in big, big trouble. Big trouble. <laughs> yeah. But he's running out with a big 69 on his back. That's true. He probably <laughs> you wouldn't say that. <laughs> like, come on, mate. Yeah. Anyway, so good on you, Java. Probably also banned from all international rugby games now. I would like to ask if he did it a third time, would you still enjoy it, or is the shine starting to wear off? Well, I enjoyed this one because he upped his game. The first That's one true. was funny yep. because of how casual he was. How crazy. Just so chameleon. out of the ordinary it was. The, the chameleon, chameleon streak. <clears throat> this one was also quite funny. Pretty pretty crazy. Because of... Um, usually when someone runs on the field, they get tackled by security, right? Mm-hmm. This guy made it all the way to the lineup. So for the third one to also have the same effect, he's really going to have to up his game. It would have to be unique again. Yeah, It'd have um, to be like fencing where at the end of the match, he reveals it was him playing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you play fencing? <laughs> Oh, the stig. I don't think you play for <laughs> the stig. He's Jarvo. But retroactively in time. Do you think that he his social media following now would outweigh, would in a financial way? Outweigh his fines. Absolutely. He'd definitely be getting a sponsorship opportunity from some sort of company. Cause the, the great Maybe thing, like VPN yeah. or something. The great thing about it is that he's, doing, he's literally doing no harm other than maybe being a bit disrespectful. <laughs> Possibly disrespectful <laughs> to the anthem. Yeah. Otherwise. Anyway, I'd like to see a third time. All right. He's, he's got yep. 42,000 followers on Instagram. He's definitely getting some like affiliate marketing and something going on. Well, Java, if you're listening, I'd think about getting into a 
the VPN market because it's like if you want to be under the radar, like me, oh, yeah. go with Surfshark VPN or whatever. <laughs> Smart guy. Smart guy. Good on you, Java. Not that I'm encouraging anymore. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Any more antics, but um, it's provided quite. But a if lot. you happen to go for a third, just make sure it's unique and quality. Yes. Before we rip into the chew. More time traveling conversation? Yeah, I think Patricia Frey has uploaded something to our Instagram if you are acquainted to our Instagram page. If not, give it a follow. Yep. <laughs> at Chew and the Bat. That's C H E W I N T H E B A T. Correct? Correct. <laughs> spelling is hard under pressure. It is, it is. Imagine doing a spelling bee. Gosh, I couldn't. I remember. Spell cat. Oh, I couldn't. I remember tanking a... K-18. I specifically remember like a year three spelling question going wrong for me. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have it in a sentence? (laughs) Oh, that would be terrifying. Anyway, LeBron, there was was footage or a photo, I think it was, of LeBron. It was like he was on camera for like a second. There's like a second long video. Yes. However, it was LeBron in his playing jersey on the court. And LeBron and in LeBron's his casual team. clothes, eating popcorn, watching LeBron on the court. So LeBron's long lost twin brother. Or time traveling. Or time traveling LeBron. Exists. If he, someone, he knew he yeah. was going to play fire that game, so he came back to watch his performance. He was playing well. Had a, had a sweet reverse jam. Oh, how was the dime though? Pretty good. Yeah, was it DeAndre good. Jordan? I think so. Not so. Yeah, there you go. Not necessarily known for the no. passing. <laughs> um, guest appearance. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> NYPD. Just appearance from uh, T Swizzle. Hey guys. Hey Swizzle. Take a seat, enjoy. He's just rustling around. But yeah, we've put that up on our Instagram story. Let us know what you think the situation is. Um, I thought he had a haircut. T-Swizzle, for a you've second. actually come in good timing if you would like to join us for the just last segment. We're, we're going to rip into the Hot Shots program and, and Hot Shots talk. So you can we'll, share my mic if you want. I'll swing it over to you. Not yet. Relax there for a bit. It's all good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not yet. Relax. <laughs> um, so yeah, LeBron, time travel. If anyone can do a bit of a time travel though, it's Space Jam's LeBron. He had a hectic Space travel Jam. the other day. He took like, like five like, steps oh, like and didn't get called. Didn't get called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you wouldn't want to call that again on LeBron though, surely. No, you wouldn't. He'd hate it. All right. Let's. Um, That's let's... not the first time either. I've seen multiple videos of him just taking an extra step and the other, like whoever he's facing is going like, sure. are we going to call that? <laughs> I don't it's, think it's usually the, the NBA. It's usually the grab above the head and then the three or four steps to the rim yeah. before the jam. Yeah. Because they, they say that it's a gather step. Like you can step as you're catching the ball. It's clearly they usually not. sneak a couple in though. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, let's uh, move on. There are highlights of the week. We've probably missed a fair bit. No doubt. That's because we didn't do any research. <laughs> if, that, if we did. Uh, let's move on. So, The Chew is our new segment. Well, it's not a new oh. segment. It's a new name for our... Soundboard. <laughs> Soundboard. <laughs> uh, current segments. We're going to be talking about the Tennis Hotshots program within Tennis Australia. How it's going. What we think about it. What's it for? What's it for? Why it exists. Yep. What could be changed? <laughs> yes. Maybe some general discussion of the structure surrounding it. That is true. And then hopefully we'll also get uh, our very famous guest in T Swizzle to pop in for a few questions at the end for some thoughts, concerns, New head coach at a new tennis centre. Yes. In the Brisbane area. We'll plug that one at the end. Or you can do it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come on down. (laughs) We charge by the minute here. Tennis Hot Shots program. What in the bloody hell is it, producer Frey? It is. Tennis Australia in 2008 introduced a structure for the development of young kids trying to increase participation from grassroots through to elite tennis in Australia. And that's pretty much it. So it's, it's Participation has been so fantastic. Very good. Um, the So it's pretty much tailored to, obviously, the size of the kid. The balls are have less pressure so they don't bounce as high they're different size depending on the age smaller rackets depending on the age and smaller court depending on the age and net and net everything is small (laughs) (laughs) little human mini tennis yep which makes sense which makes 
which makes a lot of sense. I would have guessed if you'd have asked me, like we were wondering before without researching when it started. I would have guessed like 2012. I don't remember it in 2008. Well, I don't remember ourselves playing through a hotshot system. No. When we were young. Definitely not the case. No. We were I straight had... into the yellow. It was, it was just it was like old yellow, yellow. Yeah. Half used yellow. Yeah. And super flat yellow. Yeah. Like you only got new yellow and you were getting there. And if you're lucky. I caught the tail end of the. Or, well, I was learning in Canada. So we had the sponge ball into a green ball, oh, into a yellow nice ball. over there. Or gold ball. Small court or full no. court sponge oh, ball? We might have had like three quarter. Oh, they just like say play up to the net a bit. Yeah, just stand mm. in three quarter, but it was never, yeah. Not that quite as okay. Because I do believe that Australia were a bit behind on this. I think the Hot Shots program, correct me if I'm wrong, started in the UK. Um, we or a similar the, idea. Yeah, yeah, we got the idea from that, that person and then we integrated it within our whole... So, Australia what system. was the goal? Was it just for participation? Participation, and then also, I believe, uh, an easy segue for children to progress through the sport. As simple as that. So, we, we have a blue stage, starting from three to five years-ish. A red stage, from four... Sorry, five... Five to eight. Five to eight. From that, an orange. Eight to ten. From that, a green level. Nine to twelve. Nine to twelve, and then... You get into your, your yellow ball, graduate with all the colors coordinating to the actual color of the ball and their different. That's interesting sizes. though, because at twelve, like you played Bruce Cup at twelve, right? Yes. Like some kids are playing yellow ball at an elite level. That's at 12. right. Yeah. So it's a bit strange to think you could be a green baller grinding away still. Yes. However, the system is set up like that, but I believe depending on what club you go to, it can be tailored to however they want to. Run up, for example, if you have... That's your basic framework. Yes. If you have a group of unbelievable eight-year-olds who are meant to be in an orange ball class, but they're ripping yellows or greens. Whatever they like. <laughs> There's nothing stopping from... The, yeah, you can just move them up. Exactly. It's yep. just a framework. It's a good way to integrate at any age when someone turns up for the first time. Like they haven't played tennis before and they're 10. You say, oh, we'll try orange. Or we might get you in the green dot. Yes. See how you go. Well, I think that maybe the idea is that you don't progress them through because they're building the tournament structure around the program now too. So if you're if you're an eight year old and you're in orange ball but you hit a really good ball, you're competing in orange ball tournaments. You're not playing with green balls. You're not playing with gold balls. You maintain that level of development through the stages and the tournaments reflect that as well. So it's not until you're about 12, which is when your tournament points actually go to your Australian ranking, that you look at the difference between a green and a gold ball yeah. in but tournament. Having said that, though, it doesn't stop uh, an overachieving orange baller from training or playing with with greenies. No restrictions. No, in no restrictions. Um, but it could def- affect their ability to hit the orange ball again in tournament situations. That's a lot down to the discretion of the club and the coach. Correct. So yes. it's basically dependent on where you happen to be playing tennis. That is true. So pretty much in all, Tennis Australia provided a system for clubs to use in a simple and efficient manner and for it to be tinkered with quite easily. And I believe from there, it's just up to the club and the coaches from each individual centre to produce future stars. If you Which may. is the name of their program as well. <laughs> Is it actually? Yeah, red, orange, green, future stars competition. Hmm. There you go. Do you think it's working? Are we seeing future stars? You guys still around? No. <laughs> it's not working. In in a setting, in a club setting that's following the program as designed, I'm seeing technically very good juniors that mm-hmm. are maintaining their groups and progressing through at the pace that is designed in the program and it it appears that the kids are developing very well Mm. yes but we were actually having an interesting chat about this before is it is a great segue for participation and early development however I think it's more kids that come through the system and have good technique they can play really well at a young age I think that's more due to the fact that maybe Queen's Park will have an unbelievable Red Bull coach there 
or an unbelievable orange ball coach, not necessarily the actual system. Would you agree? Potentially. Hmm, fair enough. I think we start to see a lot of differentiation with the kids when, um, like, it's, it's hard to compare one club that's following the program and has their kids staying in those groups as long as they can. Like, before we had this, you know, you go to a tournament, you're 12, 11 years old, you wouldn't enroll in the under-16s, right? You'd play in, or you would, but... <laughs> Jack would, but no much, one else how would. How much benefit do you you get from that? I think Not much. You get rolled. Jack's... Unless you're like one in 10,000. Like wasn't not, it's your nice system like you had to win a tournament at each age group before you could play up? Wasn't that the cool on way? That was our kind of golden rule. And that I was think like that was you had to win. Yeah, amongst the tennis community. Mm. Show us that you can win a... That was, yeah, that was 14 like a, first. Yeah, if you're, if you're not winning your under 12s, you shouldn't be playing under 14s. Like, why would you go to a bigger pool if you're not the biggest fish in the small pool? Exactly right. So, it's the same sort of... <laughs> this is a very clean analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's that same sort of structure. Like, why would you go up to a green ball if you're not perfect in the orange yet? Mm. Which I believe as well is one of... If we can go into a couple of the flaws in the system is that yes, it does have a really good progressive and simple, easy to follow, but you, you can probably vouch for this a bit more working at Queen's Park is that a lot of parents and maybe players get caught up in progressing through the system hmm. and wanting to progress through the system too quickly. Do, yep. you, do you see that in a way? Yeah. And how do you fix it? That's just a case of setting the value of the club. Yes. So just really explaining to the parents that the color of the ball that you're hitting is irrelevant. It's like how well you commit to your technique, the values you display on the court, and um, just creating young sportsmen that aren't worried about the result, but more their own personal results. Yeah, lovely. So, Which is hard in tennis. We've, yeah. actually got a, we've actually got a hand up in the corner. Can we please pass... So we've got T Swizzle Taylor Majwick listening in, listening in very intently. Uh, just a little addition to what you were saying just there, Matt. Just before, can we get the microphone etiquette right? Let's pop that out of the socket. I'll just pull it down. Pull it down. Yeah, there you go. How how are we doing? Are we good? Yep, fantastic. <laughs> um, like a lolly, uh, like a ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were talking about the kids wanting. To progress through a little bit quicker and I think it's less of an issue with the hot shots program it's more of an issue with what the coaches are teaching in what stage at red stage you're not learning advanced tactics at orange stage you're not you know the the parents want to move on because they see the green ball kids doing more advanced things whereas mm. if you have the the program structured correctly you should have an orange ball squad that would be learning the same things as the equivalent green ball squad which I think fixes the issue of parents wanting to progress quick where a lot of clubs get stuck right. in that red ball is your really basic, let's hit the ball, get the rally, orange ball, a little bit bigger, a bit more movement, green ball, now we're adding in a bit more serving and playing. And I think that's where the issue comes with parents. They see the advanced players playing green ball, whereas you should be able to show them, well, no, I've got an orange baller that's doing the exact same thing as the green ballers. It's just smaller. On, uh, exactly, on the orange ball court. Yeah. And that's, so that is actually built into the framework. They've got lesson plans and everything. Once you've done your, you know, Tennis Australia coaching courses, you have access to their entire coaching curriculum, what they, what drills for each level are laid out. And as you follow those, you can have little red ballers, you know, hitting topspin, watching the ball, side on, good technique, preparation. It's just smaller. All one-handed backhands. You've, I've seen one <laughs> I've seen one Hashtag. There's the two Japanese brothers that are taking over... Oh yeah, one's got a one, one's got a yeah, not two. It's just copies Fedzy to a dime. Lovely. Um, so yeah, it's an, uh, another fact I want to touch on and go around the room as well to kind of identify what's going on in this this space is our turnover rate from our hot shots program and kids going then into tournaments at potentially a later age in their teens. So. I think this is probably a stat from a few years ago, so it may be irrelevant now, but from that <laughs> was out of all of the hot shots participants, I think there's maybe 300-ish thousand in Australia. At any one time? Yep. 
re- currently like registered. Just hovering at that level. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment there's about three or four percent of them that transition into like higher end fixtures or tournament play. So we have a good system in terms of participation, but we're kind of missing the link between our governing body in terms of hot shots, segueing to tournaments and pretty much why we play the game of tennis. Mm. What do you reckon it is? I think that that comes down to a club level. If you don't have a coach there that's really encouraging, like, because in Australia we've got four levels of junior tournaments. You've got your JT Platinums, so that's your Australian Junior Championships. Then the big you've got dogs? a gold, silver, and a bronze. Mm. And within each of those levels, you'll find red, orange, green, and gold level competitions. Yes. So if you don't have a coach at your club or, you know, someone in the pro shop that's going, oh, like, great trainer day, guys. Like, mm. here's a list of the tournaments that are coming up. This one's actually played at our club. This one's just down the road. You know what would be great? Next month, drive to Brisbane. There's an awesome tournament. Check out the kids up there. Like, go play. Yeah. If you don't have someone that's, like, passionately encouraging the kids from a young age to sort of enroll and look for their own tournaments as well, it's going to be hard to find that participation. 100%. And I totally, I totally agree with that. And one of the th- things that we talked about earlier and that I've noticed in my long-spanding tennis career... <laughs> Pretty long. <laughs> Been at it for I don't know, I'm, not, I'm not that exper- experienced in the coaching industry, but from things I've heard from other people and also things that I've seen is that we there's almost a shortage of coaches at the moment, especially within our area of Southeast Queensland and up to Central Queensland. Even more so in Northern Queen, Northern Queensland, but also I think it's a uh, trending pattern around Australia. I think the first surf tennis podcast spoke about this as well, and they're from Melbourne, right? So that's also a trending topic from down there. So potentially the link, the bridging gap is trying to produce more coaches and more quality coaches as well, and providing a really easy and uh, platform for aspiring tennis coaches to to pursue whatever coaching endeavors they want to go into yeah it seems like that's the common theme if the if the symptom is kids dropping out the cause or the the factor is the quality of coaching the quality of program they're setting and the level they're at with their encouragement yes so that does come down to the coaches because it is i think like you were speaking about before like when i was a kid all those years ago. <laughs> it was now like, now an old wise man. <laughs> exactly. Um, it was considered like the elite thing to like play a tournament. Like you Especially started like a high level, like a high end junior tournament. Yeah, like you started playing like you had a squad or whatever. Yep. Then maybe your coach match got play. you in match play, yep. maybe fixtures. Yep. You progressed through fixtures. And then, like, it was considered, like, a big jump to get into a tournament. It's a big step, and it's spooky. It is spooky, whereas what Matt's saying is, like, get them in in Red Bull and get used to the format, I would assume it wouldn't be as spooky. 100%. Because the format is really rattling, because you're like, what if I go and I just get chopped? I know you have Conso, but you don't rate that as a kid. (laughs) The bin. You do not rate (laughs) Conso. Also known as the bin. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it's it's a spooky thing. So, I think... That, that again comes back to the coaching, but if you get more used to the format, it's not so big of a change when you get onto the yellow ball. I agree. And I think that's why we talked about it months ago with our um, with T-Swizzle sitting here in the room, the, the tournament system in France as well. And they have a really... They don't do fixtures. They don't have social tennis in a way. They just run tournaments. Whatever level you are, you're playing the same. <laughs> Sorry. What's this? <laughs> and just passion. Passion. <laughs> Whatever level you are, you're all, you're playing in the same tournament, so it's an easy progression up to the highest level. And in that, no, the console is not a thing because you, if you're winning half your matches, you should be happy. Yeah, and you, you just need go to the next tournament. To Plus, they also have a lot of on. a lot of yeah a lot of tournaments, so they don't end up playing con- on console. I remember at Rocky, we've been at Rocky a few times, um, at the junior tournament there, they would have a conso, yeah. but also a conso for the conso. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So if Basement you're there, bin. absolutely grinding on day five and you've copped two losses, so you've copped a main draw loss and a conso loss, you're playing in the bin of the bin, 
back on Corp 28 <laughs> in the bleachers. Stinking hot, no oh, doubt. Stinking hot. Questioning everything. Hating the game. <laughs> How are you going to keep kids in the game from doing that? Oh, anyway. I thought that was funny. I've been in that situation, so I thought that. Oh, yeah. Just, been in the bin. Just venting. Of course. I spent all my career in the bin. <laughs> Get used to it. A couple of main draw wins here and there. Here and there. Once won a bronze, I think, when no one else signed up. Played like two matches. Yeah. Counts. Two wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So go, going back... I don't think back, I got any points for it. No, like, we can't count that. <laughs> going back to the to the question of how we solve and how we transition more players to the top end, it's very multifaceted, I think, in terms of increasing the quality and number of coaches, the tournament structure and how that should be, and then bringing that into um, our participation. So that's probably another two hours of... Talk. Ten hours. <laughs> Ten hours. Um, a couple beers and a glass of wine later. Get a couple in. wallabies. A couple wallabies. And that's pretty much it. I think it's very relevant to comparing it to the French system and the European system and their culture. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can see in the next 10 years some, some progression with our tournaments and see some... And we're only now getting into a stage where we're seeing... Like, this was only introduced in 2008. So we those kids have started be... in that blue and red... And now only Just getting through. only reaching that yellow ball now, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out fundamentally, technically whether their game sense is any different. Like really start to see the results of this program. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, and for me, whether you agree or not, but it comes for me it comes down to the coaching and the quality of coaches and how Tennis Australia coach the coaches to be able to deliver efficient programs to. Our youngsters, our groms, our grommets. Surfing all terms. <laughs> anyway. Which we will get at. Oh, uh, before we finish up, um, friend of the show who's here right now, Taylor Majwick, T-Swizzle, just tuned in for a little little question time. So got some good news. Uh, he has recently signed a lease to his own tennis center. Correct. What's it called? Yeah, Mighty before. Tennis. Mighty Tennis. Enala Tennis Center. Uh, coming soon. So cleaning up the courts, bit of a refurb. ready refurb, facelift. Um, yeah, big facelift, bit of a tuck. But uh, no, once <laughs> once it's all once it's all up and running, couple of weeks, we're gonna get some of the juniors on and start pumping Introduce tennis the lessons out program. there. Beautiful. Yeah. What's, the, what's, the, what's the time frame? Are we looking term one next year? Term one next year. So we're looking to start in the new year. Everything will be ready, and then term one, we'll get. Get kids on the court. Start local, stay local. Lovely. If you're in the Marty area. Marty Tennis on Instagram. We're on Insta. On the Insta. Oh, you beauty. Get around it. Uh, we're also looking for a we'll new sponsor too, mate. If you're, <laughs> if you're interested. I was actually going to ask if Chewing the Bat wanted to sponsor Marty Tennis. Mutual? <laughs> 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 yeah, mutual agreement. <laughs> um, just a real quick thing on that coaching that you guys were talking about. Yep. Um, when a coach goes into coaching, who do they want to coach? That's a big question. I don't think it is. Well, Everyone they, wants to coach the best of the best. Who wants to coach beginners? Not, not necessarily, yeah, though. Oh, oh. Yeah. As an anecdote related to that. So, one, one of the biggest concerns that I have at the moment in the coaching realm is that I'm currently doing my Club Pro course, which is tailored to high-performance mm-hmm. coaching, which is great. That's something I want to get into, or I am in, and want to continue in. There are also coaches, there are coaches in that at the moment that, probably would prefer to be in the participation realm and building a local tennis club. Yep. So that was one of the biggest probably problems that we've we've seen is that there's no other avenue for that person to finish their JD and go into an avenue where they can then progress into that passion that they want to do, which is participation and growing the sport instead of having to then segue into high performance mm. within a club professional. So anyway, that's my comment. So there no, are some, I like that. Yeah. You're right. I think the high popular, the high percentage want to participate in performance. When when you say the high percentage for me, that's the passionate coaches. I feel the really passionate coaches are the ones that want to coach high performance. Yes, I believe so. The others, which is probably a smaller percentage, are those that own the tennis center. Yes, and they're passionate about obviously their business and the way that their kids progress through the club. So, but yeah, it's a good point. Generally, it's people who are at a high level already. I know I'm not on the mic right now, 
Get on the mic, get on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> Gus was just saying it's people at a high level that generally will segue into coaching, so I think they want to coach at a high level coming yes, from that realm. To try and fill a void of them not making it to the top top tier themselves. Does that resonate with you, does it, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a good feeling. You know, just coach someone to the high level. So. Oh, 100%. Probably better than playing, to be honest. It's a grueling sport. Is I was saying point. this the other day. I spent, probably on wax last week too, I spent two weeks driving up and back from the Gold Coast every day to play. Drive, work, drive, lose, drive back, work. That's two tough. weeks, nah, I couldn't do it. I mean, imagine doing that week in, week out, like those guys on the Futures and Challenger circuit, they're just hotel. losing, losing, losing. And you lose 90% of your matches. Yeah. Jeez. At least you're coming home to a warm bed, <laughs> you know, a shower, you got some mates around to cook your dinner. Like those guys are going from hotel to hotel. It's rough on the Challenger Tour. That is true. And it's probably another conversational topic on the Chew. We can get into. It sounds good. On next week's episode. <laughs> Sound effects. All right, that wraps us up. Thanks for listening. If you've come this far, um, once again, if you have any thoughts, queries, concerns, ideas, uh, more cricket update from Tim Cousins TC, that'd be great. Right in, and uh, boys, good chat. Ooh. Mighty tennis. Mighty tennis. Have a look at it. Um, Taylor Madrick's new tennis center, and thank you to our sponsors again, Kiala Organic. Hellfish surfboards and hopefully wallaby. We'll get him. Still spring water, volcanic filtered, delicious. And thumbs up from Gus too. Well whelmed. Well whelmed. Whelming. Alright, thanks boys. See you next week. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>